Hello, and welcome, law firm owners, to another episode of the Wildly Successful Law Firm Podcast. I'm your host, Nermeen, and today we are going to be talking about law firm mergers. Now, I'm seeing a lot of mergers happening right now in the market. I'm seeing a lot of solos get swallowed up by some bigger firms, and I want to talk about it today. And in this episode, I'm going to share with you questions that you should ask yourself before you merge with another law firm. So the first thing that I want you to ask yourself is why? Why do you want to merge your law firm? Is it because they are offering back office support and you are tired of hiring uh, really crappy paralegals and going through paralegal agencies who just don't have the kind of support that you need? Is it because you feel lonely and you hate not having other attorneys that you can talk to about cases? Is it because you feel like, wow, I've not made any money and I'm just really tired of trying to hustle up clients every month and deal with a website and deal with bookkeeping and deal with finances and clients who don't pay? Really stop and ask yourself, what is the reason for you wanting to merge? Why are you merging? If it's any of these reasons above, I completely understand. But before you merge, make sure you are super clear with yourself. And I don't mean the thoughts in your head because that's garbage, right? I want you to sit down with pen and paper and write down all of the reasons that you want to merge your law firm. Okay, the second question that I want you to ask on this beautiful piece of paper that you have is what are the benefits that you are getting from this law firm merger? Are they specialized in something that you're finding a lot of your clients need help for? Are they in a fancy office? And you really feel like you need to leave the house every day and go into an office to be more productive. Are they offering health care? Are they offering a retirement package? What is it that they are offering? What are the actual benefits? Sit down and write it out so that you are super clear with yourself on what these benefits are. Okay, next question I want you to ask. What's going to happen to your client base? Are they going to get swallowed up by this other company? And who is going to be doing the client interactions? And who is going to do the client invoicing? And who is going to be managing all client communication? How is all of the world of your client work going to work, basically? And the thing that I want you to keep in mind is you're probably saying, well, I only have 10 active clients or like whatever you're thinking to yourself, but your client base isn't just the current active clients you have. It's all the clients that you've worked with in the past. What happens to them? You definitely have the possibility of repeat business. I don't care what area of law you practice, but especially if it's criminal or family, you're, there's a high likelihood that there's a lot of repeat business that can come from there. So what happens to those past clients? Do you still get 100% on them? 
in terms of whatever you bill them is what you get to keep because you brought them in? Are they only taking on active clients? Are they taking on all of the clients and future clients? Like get really clear with them about what happens to your client base. And by really clear, I don't mean go to a lunch meeting with them and let them say some words to you and then you just politely nod along and think to yourself, cha-ching, payday, right? That's so not what I mean by get clear. I mean, get something in writing. You're a lawyer. I don't care if this person that you are merging with is your brother-in-law. I don't care if it's your best friend from law school who you saw throw up uh, every Friday night. I don't care who they are. You better get something in writing. And I would prefer if that thing was signed because then at least, you know, it carries a little bit of weight. But even if it's an email, even if it's something from the uh, office manager or the office administrator, get something in writing that makes it super clear on what happens to your client base, past, present, future, okay? All right, next question. Now that you are considering merging with another firm, will you be required to bill a certain amount of hours every year or do you have to have a minimum dollar revenue generation? What is required of you now that you are in this new firm? And if you were working solo, and you were, say, doing 10, 15, 20 hours a week, and you had a decent lifestyle, you know, you were able to have flexibility, work came in, and and it sort of ebbed and flowed, like you would get like five family cases at a time, and then maybe one the next month, and then seven the next month, and then two the month after that. If work kind of ebbed and flowed like that, you did not have consistent weekly hours. You probably worked, you know, 10 hours a week here, 30 hours a week there, 50 hours another week there, especially if it was like trial prep or something like that. So ask yourself, what are my hourly requirements? What do I need to bill? Then I want you to ask one question further, which is, are you going to adjust my build hours. A lot of firms will adjust your build hours. So you might be required to do, let's say, 100 hours a month. That's a very low number, by the way. It's usually never 100. It's usually close to like 125, 150, 180. It's usually a very high number. So if you are required to do, let's say, for example, 100 hours a month, And you have done, it's the month of May, you've done 100 hours. And then they went back and reduced your hours. They adjusted it to now 92. You now have to make up those eight hours. And it could be like June 27th when they tell you. And you have like three days to do this, but you're also leaving to go away for July 4th which means you're going to be working on the plane and in the airport and on the way to the airport 
in the night before you leave to go to the airport? Is that how they are going to do things? And if you are not someone who's required to bill hourly and you don't have a minimum there, then what do they expect for you to produce in revenue? Are they expecting you to bring in $50,000 a month? Are they expecting you to bring in $20,000 of new business every month? Are they expecting that number to be fifteen? What is the financial requirement? And again, you're a smart lawyer. You're listening to this podcast. You're going to get that number in writing. You're going to get it super clear. You're not going to wait until the contract comes out. No, no, no. You're not even going to wait for a letter of intent. This could very much be an email that ends up going in the final contract for the purchase agreement, right? But you are going to gather this information in writing from the other side, from the parent company, the future parent company of your firm. Okay, the final question that I want you to ask, and this is going to be the toughest one. What is in it for the other law firm that you are merging with? Please do not think here that they are merging with you out of the goodness of their heart. They see how talented you are, and they just want to throw a lifeline. Wake up, my friend. No one cares that much. They are a business, okay? And they have business reasons for why they want you. Is it because they want to be able to say, hey, we've got this really great IP lawyer with 20 years of experience from firms like Kirkland and Chagru and, you know, great you know, corporate experience, is that what they want to be able to say? And then bill you out at $1,000 an hour, but pay you only $300 or $250 is more like it? What is in it for them? Ask yourself this and ask them. See what response they give you. You might be really surprised at what you hear. And poke holes in it. Is that really why you want me? Is that really what it is? Ask questions, okay? And look, there's like 700 other questions that you could ask here, right? This is not meant to be an exhaustive list of things that you should ask. Obviously, there's sub-questions to ask. So if you are required to generate, you know, $20,000 of business, then from that comes the question, okay, so that means I've got to do business development. And if that means I have to do business development, are you paying for the SEO? Are you paying for the networking group I'm joining? Or is that coming out of my pocket? If there is a team that you have, is your team coming with you? If so, what are they comped at, right? And so many other questions that could be included on this, but this would literally be a two-hour-long podcast if I tried to do that. My goal in having you ask these questions is, and I'll just be blunt, I've seen a lot of people go through mergers, and if you are solo trying to merge with another firm, you're going to be more than likely unhappy from what I have seen based on the real people I know who have merged 
And they always whisper back in my ear, this was the worst idea ever. I wish I didn't do this. And I, of course, don't say anything and, you know, just smile and nod. But I'm here to tell you, if you think that that merger is a good idea, really ask yourself, is it a good idea? Because if you are used to working solo and then you go into a different, more corporate environment, man, they are going to require certain things of you. They're going to put structure around you. You are going to start to feel caged in. And here's what's going to happen. The first 30, 60, 90 days are going to be fucking amazing. You're going to be like, oh my God, I'm home. I have a team again. This is so amazing. And then after 30 days, you're going to start seeing the cracks. And then after 60 days, you're going to be like, holy shit, what did I get get myself into? After 90 days, you're going to start reading your contract to see how you can get yourself out of it. Yeah. Okay. So my recommendations, if you are still going to go through with a merger, and listen, it's your life. You decide what you want to do. But you need someone that is going to liaise with you on the merger. And I have a few people in my Rolodex that I can recommend for this. So if you are interested in those people, I don't, I'm not going to publicly disclose their names because maybe they don't want to work with you. Maybe, you know, this isn't something that they're openly broadcasting. But if you are going through a merger, my recommendation is for you to get a liaison that that company hires because if they truly care about you coming on, they're going to have an actual liaison to help you with that. You're going to need someone who's going to help you close your books and close everything and prepare client communications and all that good stuff, right? So if you are interested in knowing who those professionals are, send me an email. I will respond back with their names. And then you can have someone who is advocating for you, kind of like a guardian ad litem, right? Someone who's advocating for you and what is right for you in this merger and not just focusing on the other side. Okay, so my friends, it is merger season, it seems like. I know a lot of you got beat up by the pandemic and you are tired, but if you are not tired and you are still in this race and you are still a solo or a small firm that wants to keep going and wants to grow or get more efficient, consider hiring me. I want to help you. And it could be as simple as soundboarding, right? Um, I had mentioned it last week. And for listeners of the podcast, I am offering a one-time discount of the first month being $350. It's a $150 discount from $500. You ask me questions Monday. I respond by Friday. It is very simple. It takes no time. And you are going to learn so much, and you're not going to have to go down that Google rabbit hole. But if that doesn't sound like the right option for you, reach out to me, and we can see how we can work together. All right, friends, thank you for listening to another episode of the Wildly Successful Law Firm podcast. I will see you next week. Bye.